Welcome to the Rocks and Roots podcast. This is another bonus episode. You are stuck with just me, Cranky. Tumbles has some work shit going on. Happy Juneteenth. And happy Father's Day. Said with a note of sarcasm to both. So, this episode is going to be about a trail that I did yesterday, the Austin Mountain and Furnace Mountain um, loop in Shenandoah. So the trailhead is in Groats, Virginia. You pick up the trailhead near Brown's Gap at the bottom of the Furnace Mountain Trail, the entrance is off of Route 33, which is off of Route 81. This is a great little tip to sneak into the Shenandoah without paying the $35 fee for Skyline Drive if you are interested, or without paying the fee for Old Rag Mountain um, and doing the reservation system. I did not find it worth the five-hour drive from New Jersey, but if you live closer, this would be a great trail and a great option for getting into the park without doing reservations or all of those fees. So the trail starts out, uh, I did a 12.4-mile loop yesterday. The trail starts out, you follow the Browns Gap fire road uh, about a half mile down uh there's a small parking area for maybe seven or eight cars um i rolled up and of course apple maps gps um messed me up i was at the parking area and it said i still had five miles to go and it was going to take another 26 minutes And then you're looking at this sign that says state maintenance stops here. Um, So I was a little confused and I had to get gas anyway. So I turned around, got some gas, reset myself, um, thought about it a second and realized that I had low interwebs, um, not working off the LTE. So it was a probably an issue with gps so i went back there parked the trail steward actually rolled up behind me and we got to talking and told him where i was heading what my route was he was like yeah just you know head down about a quarter mile that's where the austin mountain loop starts so i started um And then all trails decided to pull the same shit. About a half mile down, there's a spur trail that leads up to the Austin Mountain Trail. But my all trails GPS still said that I was walking straight on the fire road, the Browns Gap fire road. So I got a little turned around because of that. I should have just trusted my instincts and kept going. Um, I actually headed a little bit up the Furnace Mountain Trail, which is the other end of the loop. 
So I actually, um, if I had kept going, I would have done the trail counterclockwise, which you don't want to do. I ran into the trail steward again, who had fallen on a rock crossing a little stream and was bleeding all over the place. Offered him a gauze bandage. Realized that I did not have medical tape in my first aid kit, so I need to change that. Um, I need to do a resupply. But I did have a wrap bandage. I was like, well, you can just use the gauze and then wrap this other bandage around it. It's self-adhesing. That'll work for you. He's like, no, no, I'll just bleed all over the place and try to slap 50 band-aids on it. I was like, all right, whatever you want to do, dude. Um, but he was very helpful in telling me where the loop actually starts, which I was correct and should have trusted my instincts. So I started heading up the Austin Mountain um, Trail. Austin Mountain itself is... 2,631 feet, but the mountain summit is not accessible. There's no trails to the actual summit. The Austin Mountain Trail skirts along and kind of around Austin Mountain at about 2,300-ish feet. And it's, it's a climb that'll make you sweat. It's a climb that'll give your legs a workout. It's a climb that will get your heart racing. But having done a lot of Catskills stuff and a lot of Adirondack stuff, it's it was very doable. Um, not too much of an issue at all. I just kind of barreled up it. No real views uh, because on the one side you have the mountain. On your left side you have the mountain going up and then on your right side is overgrowth. If the overgrowth wasn't there you'd have constant views of the Shenandoah Valley. But there are some spots where the overgrowth um, stops. There's some gaps so you can get some cool views of Furnace Mountain. Then the trail flattens out, and it's a really, really nice walk. Again, very limited views. Um, nothing spectacular at all. Just a, a very nice walk, and the weather was absolutely gorgeous um a really cool breeze just nice temperatures uh the night before at least in jersey there had been some big wind i guess that moved in some cooler air and i was enjoying the shit out of that even though the trail was meh uh the next junction is about four miles into the hike total, and it is Rocky tr uh, Rocky Top Trail. It's a quick junction, um, and then very soon after that, you take a right onto Hose Trail down to the Browns Gap Fire Road. Again, easy, easy walking. Um, not really a challenge at all, which was kind of nice. And then the Browns Gap Fire Road spits you out at the Browns Gap parking area on Skyline Drive. And this is where Tumbles and I, the last time we did our last Shenandoah trip and did that overnight. Uh, this is where we parked and this is where we picked up the AT. So it was very, very familiar to me. 
Cross Skyline Drive, and then head, you pick up the AT South again. More easy walking. Um, you pass Dundo Campground, and looking at the map, uh, you can guess, I can kind of tell that I'm spoiled being in the Shenandoah, because I was like, oh, campground, they'll probably have a camp store, I can stop and eat lunch there, and have a soda, and go to the bathroom, and take a piss. No. <laughs> Dundo Campgrounds bathrooms are locked. There is no camp store. It's uh, tent only. There's a couple of tent sites and some fire pits, and that's about it. So again, I am extremely spoiled because I was annoyed that there was no camp store where I could have a Coke Zero on my hike. Um, uh, we need to get out of the Shenandoah so that I can no longer have unrealistic expectations of the fucking wilderness although next week we are going to finish the shenandoah and if i don't get some goddamn milkshakes at these waysides after two years of being in this fucking park um i'm gonna lose it so back onto the trail um old man cranky there were some utes and by that i mean they were in their 20s in <coughs> The campground, they had just parked. They were just getting ready to start their hike, and they were stretching out, and they were being, again, from my old man perspective, noisy. Um, they were just talking and laughing and having a good time, but I was like, goddamn kids with their goddamn noise, which kind of worked in my favor because it prompted me to speed up to stay away from them. I, I lived up to my namesake. Uh, I, I was cranky. Um stopped had um quote lunch which is really just a kind energy bar uh i'm starting to like those better than cliff bars probably just because they're a little bit different and then i had uh untapped maple syrup which we cannot advocate enough on this podcast except for salted raspberry flavor that i did not enjoy um, but parked my happy ass on the side of the trail, and that's where you get all of the day hikers and the families, because it's right off of Skyline Drive, and it's an easy section of trail, so good for them. I'm glad that there's people out there, um, but I couldn't stay too long, because there was little kids running up and down the trail, and I was like, I need to get out of here. So, from there, the trail is really easy to black rock mountain um i don't remember this tumbles and i had done this section of trail previously maybe it was two years ago maybe it was a year ago i don't know but i did not remember black rock mountain at all uh we've done a couple of night hikes into the shenandoah so maybe we did it under the cover of darkness i don't know but you would think i would remember this shit because black rock mountain is gorgeous the AT skirts just below the summit. You can see the summit. It's less than 100 feet. Um, the mountain summit is just made up of piles of <clears throat> rocks. So I wouldn't call it a true mountain summit. But you can climb up there if you want. The view out into the Shenandoah Valley is fantastic. Uh, this was the highlight of the hike. You then hit... The Treyfoot Mountain Spur Trail, uh, you get a good view of Treyfoot Mountain, 
which again was absolutely gorgeous. This was a perfect weather day to hike. It was about 70 something degrees, a nice brisk breeze, sunny skies. I cannot remember a weather day that has been this gorgeous on trail. So I was very, very pleased with that. Um, Trayfoot Mountain Trail turns into the Furnace Mountain Trail. Again, nothing particularly difficult. Uh, once you climb up that Austin Mountain Trail, your ev elevation is done for a while, and you are at elevation, and the trails are relatively flat. It's a really, really nice hike. Heading down the Furnace Mountain Trail, I uh, heard an owl. So that seems to be a common thing in the Shenandoah this year. Um, owls, which is pretty fucking awesome. We just did an update in an interview with IB Tat that'll be airing next week. And he's going on, you know, kind of an adventure with feathers. Um, listen to the episode next week. We'll, you know, get into that. But they spent two days at a campsite in the Shenandoah, just listening to owls. He got some gorgeous owl photos. You can hear the owls on his YouTube. So I guess owls are back in a big way in the Shenandoah because I heard um, at least one heading down the Furnace Mountain Trail. It was fucking awesome. Let's talk about this Furnace Mountain Trail. Fucking bullshit. So you gain going up Austin Mountain. Um at least 2,300 feet of elevation in less than a mile. And you lose that elevation to get back down to the parking area heading down the Furnace Mountain Trail, and it is not pleasant. The Furnace Mountain Trail is very loose shale, and you are dropping elevation. I don't like descending mountains, period. Um, I especially don't like descending mountains with where the trail is made up of loose shale. So I was not a happy cranky um, whatsoever. But you have no choice. You got to do it. You want to get done with the hike. So, And I'm also training for out west. So this is absolutely necessary. Uh, the ultras. Pro tip change out your ultras i know this is a common mistake and we all know but we you know some of us still do it because we don't like dropping 160 dollars at rei my ultras probably should have been changed out over 100 miles ago so the um toe box is kind of stretched out and there's no cushion left so heading down this descent my toes were hitting and on the loose shale um with no cushion left in the shoe was not pleasant kept rolling my ankle which as i was doing it i was thinking this is a good thing actually because it means that my feet and my ankles are going to get stronger which i need them to be for out west ran into the same caretaker um what he was doing yesterday and thank you very very much sir I did not catch his name but he was removing overgrowth from the Furnace Mountain Trail. So he was just going along, stooping over, and just ripping out um, plants that had grown on the trail and were causing overgrowth. So much appreciated. 
except for his big, stupid, sheep-looking dog. Um, I guess I startled the dog because he thought it was big, too, and very furry. I actually thought that it was a bear um, coming around the corner because, you know, sweat my eyes from a distance, look up real quick, see this big furry thing. I was like, oh, shit, a bear. No, it was this dude's dog. <clears throat> so I had obviously startled the dog because as soon as it saw me, it started barking. It charged me barking. Hate fucking dogs on trail. Hate dogs without leashes on trail. So I raised my trekking poles <clears throat> and... um. Yeah, I, I was ready to go. Fortunately, the dog didn't push things. So it backed down. And of course, this guy was very apologetic. <clears throat> you know, he's never done that before. Oh, I'm so sorry. Well, I appreciate the apology. But the fact that he's never done that before is not, doesn't make it okay. Like there's a first time for everything. Um, serial killers, like their first murder, they've never done that before. So, leash your fucking dogs, please. Um, loose, shitty, shale, trail, most of the way down. The last quarter mile, <clears throat> it eases up. Then you cross the stream, pop out back to the fire road, and back to the car. So this was not worth <clears throat> the five-hour trip for me, but if you are closer, this is a great way to get into the park without paying. It's a great loop. It's a challenging loop. It's a workout. Um, I might consider doing this again, but leaving, I left I left my house at 1.30. Got there. I didn't get on trail till 8 in the morning. So it's over a five-hour trip, plus stopping for breakfast, stopping for coffee. Um so if I plan a little bit better, leave at midnight, I might consider doing this trail again, but actually hitting the mountains. I did not summit Furnace Mountain because it was getting on too close to 2 o'clock. And I had a five-hour drive ahead of me. Um, this is the downside of being absolutely fucking crazy and making Shenandoah National Park a day trip. Um from new jersey actually when i met the caretaker told him where i was from he's like oh where are you staying i'm like nowhere it's a day trip for me he's like oh man so yeah pretty fucking crazy um but if i did this loop again off of the furnace mountain trail about two miles before um you come back out and complete the loop there is an offshoot up to the summit of Furnace Mountain. I would actually do that. There's also an offshoot off of the Treyfoot Mountain Trail to Treyfoot Mountain Summit. So you can hit three mountains on this trail, Black Rock, Treyfoot, and Furnace. I only hit one because it was right along the AT. If I were to do this again, I would do all three mountains. That might actually be really good training for Half Dome because that would extend this trail, this loop, to a 14-ish mile loop with uh, three mountains in it. Might be worth it going back. <clears throat> but the Catskills and the Adirondacks are... Well, the Adirondacks are about the same distance driving with much better shit. 
Catskills is three hours closer with much better shit. So I don't think I'll be doing that. But if I get crazy, I might. Uh, plants. We got the Carolina Rose. Uh, Tumbles and I, I believe, have mentioned this plant on the podcast before. But we'll do it again. Uh, this is a... <clears throat> shrub which is generally upright but it may sprawl um if the plants grow taller than three or four feet in the early summer it appears in abundance um which it's early summer right now uh the flowers are really gorgeous i'll put some images up on the insta nuts <clears throat> flowers are pink uh with large petals a uh, yellow center. This is a great plant to attract pollinators. I saw lots of bumblebees pollinating the shit out of these. I got one on film. The pollen is really accessible. The petals allow for a nice landing spot for bees. <clears throat> so these plants are, I know that we've had an issue with bees disappearing, but these are great plants to plant if you want to attract pollinators to your yard. Um, they might be difficult to grow <clears throat> in home gardens, though, because they like acidic soil. They also grow a super massive taproot that makes them very drought-resistant. So up in the mountains is actually where they like. Um, so the idea of planting them to attract pollinators to your garden is good but it would be tricky to get them to grow unless you have shitty soil and your house is at elevation uh we also have goat's rue so this is another plant that i saw this is a really pretty white uh, flower with white petals it's a beautiful native plant that flowers from May to August and prefers rocky open woods, just like the Shenandoah Mountains. Uh, it's found in the eastern portion of the United States. Actually, on the map, it goes all the way from the east coast to Texas and the mid-Atlantic uh, and past the mid-Atlantic states. So, like, Gulf of Mexico shit. <clears throat> uh, the plant has large roots that fix nitrogen. Again, if they're growing up at elevation with shitty soil, they're going to need large roots. They grow one to three inches tall with pink and white or pale yellow flowers. Um, <clears throat> this is going to be very difficult to propagate in your home garden, but if you can manage it, it can treat such ailments. It was used traditionally to treat such ailments as tuberculosis. I know that that's not a real issue in the 21st century, but if you got the tuberculosis, like Edgar Allan Poe's wife, um, you can plant some goat's root and use the plant to uh, treat your tuberculosis, your rheumatism, and bladder problems. Just drink some cranberry juice. Uh, it's been studied, it's being currently studied in cancer research. The seeds are reported to cause nausea, so it's mildly toxic. Um, Seminoles Indians were said to have used the root, which contains the insecticide, um, 
Rotenun, R-O-T-E-N-O-N-E, to poison fish. Other folklore speaks of pouring tea made from their roots to garden plants to kill insects. So long, thin roots are the source for the name Devil's Shoestring. So two really cool plants that I will be putting up on the Instagram. This story has been on other hiking, backpacking podcasts, but um, Appalachian Trail News Hiker dies after falling 50 feet off of the of, of popular trail summit. So McAfee Knob, a 23-year-old hiker, died after he fell 50 feet from McAfee Knob. Um, so this was uh, three weeks ago already, May 29th. Roanoke County Fire and Rescue responded 6 a.m. on Sunday to McAfee Knob's summit. In the Mason's Cove area of Roanoke County, a male in his 20s who had fallen from the top of the mountain. 50 feet, that's a really rough fall. Three all-terrain vehicles and 30 fire and rescue personnel were involved in the rescue operation. They got the guy down and then used the lifeguard helicopter to transfer him to the hospital where he died sometime later. Um, He was sitting on a cliff with his feet over the lower rock uh, eating breakfast when he suddenly slumped forward and fell. So it sounds like he passed out and then fell. Uh, Let me double check what time this happened. (sighs) The rescuers got to the trail at 9.30. 30 um the call came in at 6 a.m so my theory was that uh that is a not an easy climb up to McAfee knob um so my initial theory was that heat exhaustion heat stroke he might have passed out uh from that I don't know, but he de- he definitely passed out. It doesn't sound like he was being irresponsible. It doesn't sound like he was being ridiculous, just sitting on the edge like we've all done to get that cool photograph. It's gorgeous views, obviously. Um, and then he passed out. So it doesn't sound like he was doing anything stupid. I don't know the full details. Maybe he had low blood sugar. But just be careful. Um, this is why proper hydration and proper fuel are important. I think that also played into my crankiness and my bitchiness yesterday afternoon. Just a kind bar and an untapped, I don't think, was enough fuel. So I probably had a little low blood sugar. And then I was getting frustrated by the fucking trail. So keep that shit in mind. But that is unfortunately tragic um the good thing is that's not the only news coming out of the appalachian trail this year usually the only time the trail gets covered is for something like that or if there's a murder on the trail but this year um just if you type in appalachian trail and then hit the news search in google you're gonna get a lot of stories about retired people being out there 
uh, 20 through hiker vlogs that you should follow. So there seems to be some fair and good coverage of the trail this year. But that's uh, pretty much what I have for you guys today. Um, rocks underscore roots underscore podcast on Instagram. Search for the Rocks and Roots podcast on TikTok. Search for Rocks and Roots Podcast on YouTube and Patreon. Help us out if you could. We'll be coming at you next week with Ivy Tat's interview, which was fun. And then we'll also be coming at you with our assessment of finishing up the Appalachian Trail in the Shenandoah after two years. Bye for now.